Welcome to Lasting Truth, a radio ministry of Calvary Chapel, Sweet Hills in Banning, California, where Pastor Ryan Hussein teaches the entire Word of God, chapter by chapter, verse by verse, giving our listeners the opportunity of receiving the full counsel of God. Today we are studying in the book of 2 Kings, chapter 22. Here's Pastor Ryan. Father, we come before you again um, just with thanksgiving for all that you've done in our lives and all that you're doing. We thank you, Lord, for the cross and sending your son Jesus to die for our sins. And on the third day you raised him from the dead. And he's at your right hand making intercession for us tonight. And Lord, we're grateful for that. We humbly ask that you would speak to us and guide us as we study your word. Holy Spirit, come, overflow in this place and in our hearts. Show us your truths. Change us, Lord. Help us to walk out of here different than when we first came in. You know the state of our lives, Lord. Each and every one of us here, you know the fiber of our being and what we're struggling with, what we're going through. I just pray that you would minister in a special way. Lord, pour out your grace tonight. May it be all of you and none of me. In Jesus' name we pray and together we say, Amen. Alright, so in 2 Kings chapter 22, we are very close to finishing up this book. We actually only have three chapters left. For those of you who don't know, First and Second Kings is the history of the kings of Israel, both the northern kingdom of Israel and the southern kingdom of Judah. And we get to go through these books and to study what the Lord did in and through these kings. And really the biggest lesson in these books is, is it doesn't pay to not walk in the ways of the Lord. These kings had every opportunity to honor God, but very few did. And when you think about the children of Israel and how the Lord brought them into the land of milk and honey, he brought them out of slavery 400 years in Egypt and then through the wilderness to the promised land. He had promised them just a blessed life. And, and that's what he gave them, a blessed life. They had all that their heart desired in the land. The land was good. Land was allotted to them. And there was the warning from the Lord. These blessings are yours. Only continue in my commandments. Honor me. Don't be like the nations around you who worship false gods. That was the warning. The warning was that the day that, that they were to do that was the time where destruction would come upon them. So God had warned them and we're only a few kings away from Judah, the southern kingdom, being taken into captivity, into slavery by the Babylonians, guys. And so Judah is facing certain destruction in our story. And, and again, it's because they had turned away from the true God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, and they burned incense to pagan gods. The kings in first and second kings, most of them did bad, like I said, but so did the people. And one of the worst sins was that they made their children pass through the fires of Baal. Baal was a pagan god, and the nations around them believed that if you, if you sacrifice your children to Baal, then your harvest would be plentiful. 
the weather would be good. And so it was abortion then. And, and again, it, it speaks to why the church is so strongly against abortion, because we see throughout scripture that it's an abomination to the Lord. It's the killing of innocent lives. And in fact, in these chapters, the Lord will use those very words that he was upset with Manasseh, who was a couple kings prior, who said, you're guilty of innocent blood for you made your children pass through the fires. But in our story, it's Josiah. And Josiah was one of the good kings in the southern kingdom of Judah. And in fact, he's the last good king that we will read about. He was a good king and he respected God and sought God with all of his heart. He became king at eight years of age. And at 26, we're told that he would restore the worship of God in the temple and get rid of all the pagan worship that his ancestors had established, really, that the previous kings had established. He would reign for 31 years from 640 to 609 BC. And during his reign, the world was changing. The Assyrian Empire, they were conquering everyone. But during his reign, the Assyrians would lose power to the Babylonians, the Chaldeans, and eventually lose Nineveh, and the Babylonian power is about to rise. Now, note, for those of you who don't know, the Assyrians had already taken the northern kingdom of Israel captive for their sins. God allowed them to be taken into captivity, and soon the Babylonians will do the same thing. But Josiah, in our story, he was a good king. And so we begin to read uh, what he did here in verse 3. It says, now it came to pass in the 18th year of King Josiah, mind you, he's 26 years old here, that the king sent Shaphan the scribe, the son of Azaliah, the son of Meshulam, to the house of the Lord, saying, go up to Hilkiah the high priest, that he may count the money which has been brought into the house of the Lord, which the doorkeepers gathered from the people, and let them deliver it into the hand of those doing the work, who are the overseers in the house of the Lord. Let them give it to those who are in the house of the Lord doing the work, to repair the damages of the house, to carpenters and builders and masons, and to buy timber and hewn stone to repair the house. However, there need be no accounting made with them of the money delivered into their hand, because they deal faithfully and so we read this before i know but it's been a couple weeks because of easter good friday and so i just reread a couple of the verses from the last time we were in this section but josiah i mean here he is he has a heart for god and he has a heart for god's house he has a heart he's a good king he has a heart for what's best for his people judah and what's best for his people judah is that the house of the lord the temple of god be restored to the true worship of the living god he understood as a good king that if we're going to thrive as a nation we need to get back to god and nothing has changed from that time we live in a nation that is rampant with sin in every in so many aspects i'd be here all day in naming what's wrong with our nation israel was the same way and so this good king knew to get back we had to get our country the kingdom in the right place, he needed to repair the worship of the Lord. So he sent his scribe 
to the high priest at the temple and asked him to count the money, see, see what has come into the temple, and take that money and give it to the masons, the carpenters, the construction guys, the guys, the handymen, the guys who can build things, and have them do repairs on the temple of the Lord. So it's a beautiful thing. His heart was for the house of the Lord, and us having a new church ourselves from a school from houses then to schools and eventually to our own place it's a reminder that this good king part of the reason why he was good because he cared about God's house and I love the care that everyone has put into this house and so we just continue in that but we read in verse 8 that Hilkiah the high priest said to Shaphan the scribe, I have found the book of the law in the house of the Lord. And Hilkiah gave the book to Shaphan, and he read it. So Shaphan the scribe went to the king, bringing the king word, saying, Your servants have gathered the money that was found in the house, and have delivered it into the hand of those who do the work, who oversee the house of the Lord. Then Shaphan the scribe showed the king, saying, Hilkiah the priest has given me a book. And Shaphan read it before the king. Now it happened when the king heard the words of the law of the book that he tore his clothes. Then the king commanded Hilkiah the priest, Ahikam the son of Shaphan, Akbor the son of Micaiah, Shaphan the scribe, and Asaiah, a servant of the king, saying, Go inquire of the Lord for me, for the people and for all Judah concerning the words of this book that has been found. For great is the wrath of the Lord that is aroused against us, because our fathers have not obeyed the words of this book to do according to all that is written concerning us. And so what is a shocking find in our reading was that the high priest tells Shaphan that he found the book of the law which is crazy to me because it tells us that for a long time the temple in Jerusalem the high priest they didn't have the scriptures guys the scriptures had been removed it may have been one of the evil kings it may have been Manasseh but the word of the Lord was removed or destroyed. It blows me away how much this book means to me. Where would we be, church, without this book? We are told that in the last days, churches are going to be raising up pastors to no longer teach them this book, but to give them what they want to hear rather than what they need to hear which is the teaching of the word of God and we are living at a time where the word of God I believe is being threatened God's ways are not this world's ways at all they are high above his standards are holy they're true they're legit and they're standards that this world doesn't want to hear about and so this is why the word of God is being attacked, trying to be censored, and I believe it's going to grow worse and worse if the Lord tarries. I don't know how far they'll take it. I think the closer we get to the rapture of the church, we're going to see more of it, depending on how long that 
event is from us. It could be tonight. It could be tomorrow. But this book is so important, it blows my mind that Judah, the kingdom of Judah, was without the scriptures. Can you believe that? And it was like the high priest had something to say about it. Like, I, look what I found. It's like, shouldn't there have been something said prior to Josiah? Perhaps it was dangerous to, to bring it up. But for some reason, they were without the word of God. They were without the, the Torah, the five books of Moses, the Pentateuch. In Greek, it's called the five books. Can you imagine that? The law. But what's an interesting thing to me is that Josiah had a heart to seek the Lord. Amen? He had a heart to fix God's temple. And it was like in him seeking, in him seeking the Lord and seeking to honor the Lord, to take care of God's house, the Lord allows them to find this book that was not destroyed. And I think there's a, there's a spiritual lesson in that. That when we seek the Lord and seek to honor the Lord in our lives, we seek to honor Him first, we'll end up finding things that we never thought we would find. What have you found since you have sought the Lord first? I can go on and on about the nuggets I have found in my life. I sought the Lord with all of my heart, I found a wife. I found a family, I found a ministry, I found a changed life, I found work, I found a new heart, a new mind. I mean, you can go on and on. When we seek the Lord first, we end up making incredible finds. Josiah sought the Lord, they thought the scriptures were lost, but no, they found, they found one. God gave the kingdom what the kingdom was going to need to thrive. God has given us his word. It is the only way by which we can thrive. Jesus said, he who hears these words of mine and does them, I liken him to a man who built his house on the rock. So it's the word of God that is tremendous. And they found it. Jesus said, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And all these things shall be added to you. That's Matthew 6, 33. God must come first. Everything else will be found as we honor the Lord first, as we seek him. Jesus said, he who has, more will be given. What do you mean by that, Lord? He who has, more will be given. If you have a relationship with the Lord, one where we're, when we're seeking him with all of our hearts, if we have Jesus, he'll give us more. But if we're not even seeking him, if we don't even have a close relationship with him, then what we thought we had, we're going to end up losing that as well. Christianity only works if we're seeking the Lord daily. Abiding in him is the only way we're going to bear fruit. It's the only way Christianity works. But if we are not abiding in him, if we're not close to him, then what we thought we had, we begin to lose. And there must be a repentance, a change. And we come back to the Lord. Sorry for letting distance come between you and me. And when we seek him, man, and we have him, he'll give us more. Josiah sought to take care of God's house. God gave him the book. And we just read that it happened as the king heard the words of the book of the law, that he tore his clothes. So the word of God touched his heart in a very special way beautiful way 
The tearing of one's clothes, as you know, it's, it's showing a, a great sorrow, great um, distress of heart. So he heard the word and he was totally convicted in his heart that a change needed to happen to Judah because Judah was in trouble. He was tender. He was, he was open. He realized that Judah was in deep trouble, that judgment was coming. If the scriptures were missing, you know, this was eye-opening to Josiah. He heard what God had said to Moses. And, you know, he said through Moses many times, lovingly warning his people, when I bless you and you come into the land and have all that you desire, beware, lest you forget my commandment. Don't be like the nations around you. And the day that you do, then judgment will come. And he reads these. He reads Deuteronomy. He reads Numbers or whatever. He's reading the first five books. And he's blown away, touched to the heart. I wonder how tender our heart is today concerning the word of God. I believe through experience that our hearts can become dull to the word of God that our hearts can be desensitized to what God wants to say to us. I have learned that the upkeep of our heart is our own responsibility. That we need to come before God and ask the Lord to strengthen our passion for Him, our zeal, our love for Him, and our love for the Word. Jesus said, we have not because we ask not. And so I believe that our hearts can become dull and, you know, complacency can set in in our lives where we're not as gung-ho as we used to be. We're not as zealous. Things can become routine. Things can become too busy in our life. And when that happens, if that's you tonight, the remedy is to come before the Lord in prayer and just be honest and say, Lord, give me a passion and a hunger for your word again like I used to have. Open my eyes to your truth. Open my, my heart to you, Lord. Give me a new heart that I might receive from you instructions, guidance, strength and what I need. It's up to you. It's up to me. Nobody else can do that for us. We can pray for you. The Bible says to bear one another's burdens, but that speaks of extraordinary weights in life. It doesn't speak of the normal one-on-one -on -one relationship that you have with Jesus Christ. We have to come before him on our own every day on our knees and say, Lord, give me a passion. And that's when God speaks. That's when we can say, oh my gosh, the word of God just really spoke to my heart. Because I've prepared my heart to seek the Lord. Remember King David, he encouraged himself in the Lord. That's up to you and up to me. And I know no other way but on my knees in the morning, in the afternoon, and in the evening. There is no other way. I know my heart is desperately wicked. Who can know it? Yours is as well, the Bible says. So when the feelings aren't there, when the passion ain't there, when the love for the word ain't there, when, when there's no, the word's not taking a grip of my heart like it used to, I know the issue is my heart. 
I know I need to come to the Lord, my advocate, Jesus Christ, who by his blood will cleanse me of my sins and revive me by his spirit, empower me. Jesus said, if any man thirsts, let him come to me. He didn't say, if any man thirsts, tell your friend to tell me that you're thirsty. He says, if any man thirsts, come. Come. So, the word touched Josiah and we want God's word to touch our, our lives. When we read it, when we come and we hear a sermon, I mean, you'd be surprised what God can pull out of donkeys and when they preach. You'll be surprised. I mean, you know, if we're prepared, if we're humble, the Bible says he teach the humble, he teaches the humble his way. But if we're prideful and we're just like, nah, it's not dressed the way it should be. It's not, doesn't, I, I need a different vessel. I just can't receive. How about, Lord, I need your word. I need your guidance. Use this guy. <laughs> you know, and, and he will. Do our hearts still burn for the word? In Luke 24, the road to Emmaus, when Jesus appeared to, after his resurrection to the two guys, remember he opened up the scriptures to them? It says in Luke 24, 32, did not our heart burn within us while he talked with us on the road and while he opened the scriptures to us? And Jesus would say to the crowds in Luke 8, 18, take heed how you hear. For whoever has to him, more will be given. And whoever does not have, even what he seems to have will be taken away from him. Jesus said to the crowds, take heed how you hear. I can't tell you to hear better for my ears. You have to, I have to be careful how I hear. What happens is supernatural in the house of the Lord. But we have to prepare our hearts. Josiah heard the reading and he was blown away, convicted. Something had to be done. And after the hearing of the word, what does he tell? His five ambassadors named here that I won't attempt again to say their names. He says to them, go inquire of the Lord for me, for the people and for all Judah concerning the words of this book that has been found for great is the wrath of the Lord that is aroused against us because our fathers have not obeyed the words of this book to do according to all that is written concerning us. Look at this discernment. Look at this direction. Look at this guidance. When did he have it? From the hearing of the word of God. Not, fan, not fancy stories. Not itchy ears type stuff. It was the word that was spoken. Josiah all of a sudden had directions as a king. And King Solomon wrote the, the Proverbs, the book of wisdom. We need wisdom. We need to be able to turn to our kids. We need to be able to turn to our coworkers, our, our bosses, our companies, our whatever in our lives. We need to be able to deal with life instructed by the word of God. Go here, go here, do this, do that, do this, do that. Wow. Where did that come from? Just reading this word all of a sudden, supernaturally, the Holy Spirit told Josiah to tell the guys, or go inquire of the Lord, the leader of the country, the leader of the kingdom. This is what's best for our nation. This is what's best for the kingdom. Go inquire of the Lord. Imagine if countries did that today. Go inquire of the Lord. You know when they inquire of the Lord? When the enemy is invading their country. 
that's when they inquire of the Lord. You know, that's when they get C.S. Lewis to speak on the radio when the Nazis are threatening to invade their island. The BBC put C.S. Lewis on there and said, just tell them about Christianity. And thus you have the book, Mere Christianity. We pray for our country. We pray for presidents and kings to have that heart direction from the Lord. And so in verse 14, we read, So Hilkiah the priest, Ahikam, Akbor, here are these guys again, Shaphan and Azariah, went to Huldah, the prophetess, the wife of Shalom, the son of Tikvah, the son of Harhaz, keeper of the wardrobe. She dwelt in Jerusalem in the second quarter. The second quarter was the lower level of the city of Jerusalem. She lived in the lower elevation there. And they spoke with her. Thank you for joining us today at Lasting Truth Radio. If you're in the area, come out and join us for Sunday services at 10 a.m. or Wednesday evenings at 7 p.m. We are located at 3035 West Nicolette Street in Banning. You can also find us on YouTube or Instagram. If you would like to donate to our program, please do so on our website at ccsweethills.org and just hit the online giving tab. We hope you will continue to tune in as we journey through the entire Word of God with the teaching of Pastor Ryan Hussein at Calvary Chapel, Sweet Hills. Chapin, above.